On today's veteran cast, we have Hotel Tango, a veteran-owned organization centered here in Indianapolis that's done incredible work around the coronavirus pandemic. The mission of VeteranCast is to educate, inform, and improve the lives of veterans in our community. This is a podcast hosted and produced by veterans in order to serve our sisters and brothers. Welcome back, everybody, to Veteran Cast, and uh, and we are in our virtual uh, podcast studio now, uh, all around the city of Indianapolis. Uh, I'm Douglas Carr, and uh, helped to start the show, and I'm I'm proud to have on board Blaine Zimmerman. Blaine, thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks, Doug. I'm glad to be back. Uh, it was a long five months in Georgia. It's been a while since I've been able to be on the podcast. So excited to uh, jump in today and, and talk to Hotel Tango, uh, but I wanted to tell all of our listeners who have been around since the beginning uh, before we introduce our new guests. Uh, if you remember back in episode five, we talked to Wes Wood about Invest, and it was kind of at the very beginning of Invest. And since I've come back, uh, I was down in Georgia for five months for Infantry Basic Officer Leadership course graduated that course and came back and I'm now the new director of veteran engagement for Invest. So because of that introduction we had with Wes, uh, it, it allowed me to have that new uh, relationship with him and it's come full circle and now I'm with the organization. So really excited to be on board and uh, excited to be here and talk to our two guests today from Hotel Tango. So uh, let's start by introducing Ginger. Ginger, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name's Ginger Barnes. I'm the Vice President of Operations for Hotel Tango Distillery, which is a artisan distillery out of Indianapolis. And we have Kelsey Strohmeyer, too. And Yep. I'm Kelsey. also employee at Hotel Tango. Fantastic. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciate it. And we, we really, let's start with the history of Hotel Tango. I know We've tried to get Hotel Tango on the podcast a few times, and you guys were just ramping up production and getting all over the United States. Uh, so tell us how we got to where we are today. Sure. Yeah. So Hotel Tango started as um, uh, my brother, who's a recon Marine uh, veteran, graduated law school and uh, was a little bit about uh, a little bit unsure about whether or not he really wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, and he was kind of... Um, toying with distilling in the backyard and it just so happened that he was doing that right around the same time Indiana was lifting the um, prohibition uh, ruling on no distilleries in Indiana um, and him being a tinkerer and a lawyer uh, he applied for and was granted one of the first um, artisan distiller permits uh, since prohibition um, and thus Hotel Tango was born uh, I'm not sure in the beginning he thought it was going to be what it is today, uh, which is super exciting, but I think that's just a, uh, that demonstrates sort of the gung-ho attitude that he brought out of his service and um, continues today. So as of today, we are in nine states. We distribute um, our products. We have nine products that we distribute across nine states uh, right now. We're in retailers uh, as big as Walmart, Meyer. Um, and as little as mom and pop shops on the corner, uh, lots of restaurants and bars in Indiana, Michigan, um, and Ohio carry us. Um, 
expansion has been pretty incredible. Uh, we also have two tasting rooms, one in Fort Wayne and one here in uh, downtown Indianapolis in uh, Fountain Square, Fletcher Place area. And we will be opening a third tasting room in Zionsville later, uh, later on in the summer. So really exciting things happening in the last five years uh, for Hotel Tango. My, uh, my in-laws live right next to Hotel Tango, too, in Fort Wayne. Oh, nice. <laughs> they love that place. The, uh, you guys are in post exchanges as well, aren't you? Yes, we're in, uh, so we're in bases from coast to coast, uh, Hawaii wow. and uh, Alaska. So for those of you that don't know, post exchanges are essentially the grocery store slash class six, which is what a base calls a liquor store. Uh, and so when I was at Fort Benning, I actually bought some of the uh, six year whiskey uh, when I was down there. And it was nice to be able to get a little taste of home while I was away from home for so long. Fantastic. So that's really cool. You guys were able to expand and get that kind of relationship with the military as a whole. Um, what was that expansion like? What was, I'm going from a local Indianapolis only um, distillery. What, what was it like to expand into the other states? Well, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. At, at the same time, it seems like we don't, we haven't done anything that seemed easy. Uh, we are definitely in the business of disrupting uh, uh, the industry. So I would say the, maybe the smartest thing we did was we kind of flipped tradition on its head and we, what most small distilleries like us would try and go on premise first, which means they might try and get into a restaurant or a bar. Um, we took the opposite approach and we really focused on big uh, package stores, getting a distributor to get into retail like Meyer and Walmart and the Naval Exchanges, um, which has, you know, fortunately for us paid off right now because on-premise is just dead. Uh, and, and with the very unfortunate um, COVID uh, impact restaurants and bars are closed right now uh, and we are lucky that we disrupted the way we did because we are fairly safe as of today in distribution because we're in Walmart and Meyer. that's and fantastic I actually saw some like stats that. that it was like the the liquor sales have skyrocketed uh, because of the you know because of the facilities closing and everything else I think it's probably a combination I think it's people stressed out <laughs> and they just want to have a drink and then uh, and then of course you know every bar having to kind of shut down its doors temporarily is is probably playing a huge role but thank god that you guys diversified uh like you did that way um that's that's absolutely fantastic to hear can can you talk a little bit about the the role of being a veteran owned business and and how that played out you know in your expansion Well, I mean, I think it definitely, it, I, so, sometimes it's hard for me to know, being a veteran myself, it's hard for me to know if we think, if we really do think about things differently. It sure does feel that way sometimes, um, that uh, I think we're inherently more willing to take risks as a company. We have taken some massive, massive risks that we were told by partners and our distributor or our marketing company or you know kind of anyone along the way has, has sort of said oh we're not so sure about that and uh, Travis uh, you know Travis and the leadership team that we have has just 
uh, we're very willing to say, no, eh, we're going to do that anyway. And we're, we're willing to take the risk. So I think that's part of it is just um, we're willing to take risks. I think we are generally pretty confident in our gut and what our gut is telling us to do as a business. And that's really seemed to pay off. I mean, the, the um, pivot that we've made into sanitizer is a great example of that, that it started as a joke three weeks ago. Hey, you know, we could, we got some high proof vodka, we could make some hand sanitizer and literally in a 24 hour span of time, uh, and one two hour meeting with the executive leadership team, um, we went from it being a joke to putting it in play and ordering bottles for the sanitizer and ordering the raw materials. And um, I mean, that it, it just went that fast that it went from an idea, a joke to no, you know what, we should do this. Yeah, we and should I've, do I've read this because that we hand can. sanitizer, the, the difference is basically the amount of alcohol uh, percentage and then of course the you know the chemicals that you mix it with um but but and then there was some regulatory hurdles i guess that had to get kind of dropped for you to be able to make that as well right yeah uh so it's it's funny the as we were um kind of going through the can we do this process we were also simultaneously in the process of um updating some permitting with the with the federal government um and it just so happened that uh that those two things were happening at the same time so we were able to make some tweaks to the regulations we were submitting uh to the regulatory uh, paperwork we were submitting um, to become a not just a beverage manufacturer but an industrial manufacturer uh so Meanwhile, the very next day, the uh, Tax and Trade Bureau passed a ruling that said, you don't even need that. Distilleries, please make sanitizer. They really just kind of knocked down all um, obstacles for distilleries to be able to contribute to this um, epidemic and in, uh, in that we can make high proof alcohol for sanitizer. So how are you guys distributing it? Are you selling it? Are you donating it? Is it going to hospitals? What's the distribution look like? Sure. So we are, we did, we donated the first 2000 bottles, um, uh, probably more than that. It's probably more like three to 4,000, uh, ounces of donation at this point. Um, and then, uh, we knew we wanted to donate and then we kind of went, oh, well, um, we can't always keep donating because that's a really expensive endeavor when that's uh, ingredients and raw materials we've never had to purchase before. So um, we are now selling it. Uh, and the orders have been nonstop. And we're filling them as quickly as possible. But again, we, we went from no infrastructure to this uh, to, to where we are today. So um, having to, we had to close down our tasting rooms um, because of this. So uh, a large majority of those bartenders, servers, barbacks that were working in our tasting room would have been unemployed had it not been for our ability to, to divert them to the sanitizer production lines. So um, yeah, we're on about a two week lead time for orders right now, but we are filling them as fast as possible. The team actually executed 400 orders this week. We did a, a blitz and they were working 12 hour days just to catch up on orders, which we can't say enough about the flexibility of our team members right now. Um, it's just absolutely inspiring the way people get it. We just have a company of folks that get that 
the, the mission comes first and we've got to do what the mission is asking us to do. Um, so yeah, everyone has just pitched That's in and fantastic. been super gung ho and helpful. In this time, are you exclusively doing hand sanitizer? Are you still doing uh, liquor production? Like what's your mix right now? Yeah. So we, uh, we're, we're, we're about 50, 50, our uh, sales, fortunately, again, because we're uh, a large portion of our sales comes out of uh, retail uh, and not on premise. Uh, we are still our production our normal spirits production facility is in full swing. Um, and we're still sending orders out the door. We're hopeful that that doesn't slow down though. We are very aware of market trends right now. Um, so both it's about 50, 50 sanitizer and, uh, well, and if, if you discount right my drinking habits recently, um, I should keep you guys in business a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. yeah, 25% dub sales. <laughs> no, it, it actually is fantastic. And I love that, you know, I can get it at Kroger. I can go to a liquor store. I can go wherever I want. And, and, uh, I think the other side of it too, is you guys have done a really fantastic job. If, if, if you haven't seen hotel tango liquor, I love the bottle design. I love the, you know, yep, there <laughs> we'll, and we'll put pictures on the podcast, uh, you know, of, of it, but, um, just the whole kind of tongue in cheek with hotel tango and, and, uh, ready to drink is, is just a fantastic, you know, from a marketing standpoint. And I'm, and I'm only guessing as a marketer that there was probably huge pushback in the, in the distribution industry that you probably needed a fancier, more, you know, distinctive bottle. And it's actually, I love I love, you know, the, the bottle and design uh, that you guys came up with across the entire family of, of, uh, of liquors that you sell. Yeah, we actually just won a gold medal for our packaging and design at the uh, ADI yeah. Spirits Conference. So we're very proud of that packaging and our marketing team uh, has done a fantastic job. Our partners at uh, Young and Laramore, uh, which is our marketing firm, Kelsey, um, our former marketing VP, Alex Neff. I mean, we've just really uh, had been very lucky to have wonderful people on our side that have pushed this new branding forward. And it's been uh, a definite game, ch game changer. We put zero energy into marketing for the first three years. <laughs> um, and so the shift last year of actually putting some, some oomph behind our marketing yeah, uh, has made an impact. Yeah, I used to work with Alex at a marketing agency. Uh, I think it was her previous job before she came to Hotel Tango. And I really like the new bottle design. It looks like you guys leaned a little bit on the old uh, MRE designs. Mm -hmm. uh, can you walk us through like what that process was like and, and how you came to this new design? Sure. Um, so again, we, we, weren't very focused on marketing the first few years. It was more just putting it in people's hands and we'll think about marketing later. Uh, it was a lot of relying on uh, grassroots and word of mouth. Um, and then uh, when we brought our former VP Alex on board, she uh, really recommended that we put some more energy into it. And so we, we worked with um, Young and Laramore and what they found was that um, folks love the brand, they loved the taste, they loved the flavor, but they didn't connect the dots of how Hotel Tango was, you know, connected to military roots. Um, and the recommendation came that they really wanted to try harder uh, put, to put more of an emphasis on why 
military and um, at, at why this military distillery, what the connection was. Um, and so they spent a lot of time talking to Travis and Hillary, his wife, and uh, understanding how the uh, how Travis's service um, distinguishes our company and our brand, uh, and kind of the the when when it was forgive the pun when it was distilled down, it was that um, we just do things in a very disciplined, straightforward way. Uh, and we, it, it, while also being playful. So um, that is how the whole marketing campaign, uh, those were the, the kind of the pillars of it were disciplined, spirited, straightforward, uh, and, and gung-ho are our kind of company values. And that's how we delivered this, the, the, everything from the, the bottle, which is inspired by a military canteen, to the label, which is inspired by an MRE, um, to even just the little notions on the label. There's definitely some playfulness there, a lot of nods to, you know, morale, co elevated company morale, and uh, just the very uh, absolutely straightforward directions on the label, uh, kind of idiot proof. Is, is what we wanted to make the, uh, that playful, uh, playful it works mentality. Fantastic. Can you, uh, can you talk yeah. about the family? What's, uh, you know, what, uh, for people listening, by the way, and, and I'm a, a, a bourbon snob and, and, uh, and your bourbons, uh, your rye and, uh, is fantastic. So, uh, kudos, uh, to your distillers for that, but can you talk about the whole family and what's available to people? Sure. It looked like, Kelsey, you had something you wanted to say, so I was going to... No, I, I, fine. I just was just going to say, Douglas, I think it was interesting earlier how you said vets in Indiana usually aren't, like, outward about their service and their experiences and things like that. And I think with the rebrand process, we saw that, like, with Travis and um, our vets within house, because there were little notes of, like, um, his veteran ties in the old bottles and in the old branding, and we know that Hotel Tango is... NATO fanatic for Hillary and Travis, but once the marketing team was able to sit down with Travis, get to know him, um, hear about his experiences, they were able to easily gather that he had such an interesting background, a story, and pull from that fascinating military culture that exists to create a brand that reaches the military family that they can see, like you guys said, look at that packaging and yeah. compare it to the MREs and make those connections automatically that people in the civilian market aren't going to necessarily make that automatic connection. They're going to look at the bottle and think it's cool, but I just think it's amazing when the military community like responds to the packaging and everything that went into it because they just really... Yeah, and I, I think it's awesome, you know, from a, you know, you guys might not, you know, think this internally, um, but externally, I think it's a huge thing, especially with Indianapolis, um, to be that kind of veteran first kind of organization, because the, you know, what we were talking about before was that uh, oftentimes you get into business here in Indianapolis, and because we don't have a massive base, you know, I, I was out in Virginia Beach and Norfolk for a long time. Um, and they're, they're in the Navy, if you're in San Diego, or if you're in the Marine Corps at Lejeune or whatever, the military's everywhere. And it's, and it's, and it's omnipresent, you know, everywhere you go. But in Indianapolis, that's not really the case. Most of the time, um, you do business first, and then you find out that someone's a veteran, 
you know, and you, you kind of build a relationship there. And we don't go around bragging that we're veterans and we don't go around, you know, talking all that. And so Hotel Tango has done just an incredibly, it's so distinctive, you know, from the brand name, obviously, and from, from the founders, you know, what they've done that, you know, they've, they brought great awareness to, you know, what military, you know, what veterans have to offer. And so, um, you know, for, on behalf of the veteran community here in town, thank you for that, because I, I think it's important uh, that people see uh, exactly what you were talking about, you know, the ability to break down barriers quick, the, the passion, the mission first, you know, kind of um, approach that we take to everything. I always, I always tell people, and I, I think I did a podcast recently where I talked about it, that you know, when you're, when you're a veteran, um, you're not, you know, you're not getting spiffs, you're not getting hourly wages, you're not, you know, over time, you know, all of that stuff is nonsense. It's basically that you're, you're thrown into a micro community, and you're given all of these problems that your fellow, you know, uh, military member, you know, man or woman is totally dependent on you, you know, whether it's the cook cooking, whether it's the electrician, you know, doing work, whether it's the communications person, there's a total 100% dependence on each other in order to survive and, and thrive, you know, the mission. And so I love seeing that whenever I'm talking to organizations and I, I happen to hear that there's a veteran in charge, it, absolutely that culture is dispersed and, and it's part of the everyday occurrence there. And I think for veterans listening, one of the reasons why we started Veteran Cast was we really wanted to communicate both to both sides. One, to veterans coming back and, and you know, coming back into society and getting out of the military, that you have a superior, and I'm going to say it, uh, you know, you have a superior role to play within any organization because of that discipline and focus and, and mission. And then the other part of Veteran Cast and InVets, I think, is, uh, you know, is doing, is really leading the way on this is, you know, recruiting and showing that to employers that veterans have an absolute, you know, place in every organization because they have that mentality. And, uh, and so, you know, Hotel Tango, I, kn I know this sounds grandiose or whatever, but you guys really have, you know, kind of changed the landscape of how veterans, you know, are looked at, you know, here in Indianapolis with such an incredible brand and, and the great growth uh, that went along with it. So kudos to your organization there. Yeah, that's very kind of you to say, and we're very yeah. proud of that. If that's true, that's wonderful. <laughs> I hope it's true, but you know, from the inside looking out, yeah. I, I, it's hard to it's hard to know that. Well, but, I mean, yeah, I'm glad think we can about, give that think a about good Indianapolis. Name. What you know, and and we're starting to see. You know, there's organizations that we've focused on here on on Veteran Cast that are veteran owned and everything. But if you think about, you know, okay, name five companies that are veteran owned in Indianapolis that are doing, you know, that are just expanding like crazy and doing an amazing job, right? It's, it's kind of difficult if you're not in part of the veteran community to come up with those names, but Hotel Tango has to be, you know, tops right now. Yeah, I think that from having the outsider view of, so I'm not a veteran, so thank you guys for your service, but coming in and working with Ginger and Travis, and like it, she said, we have some of our team, like you get the straightforward attitude, like she said, the willingness to work, the hard work, but also here, um, I think something they're really good at is recognizing people's strengths, and I think that that plays off of like always having your team's back, 
because like there's the ability to try new things and take risks, but also they're there for you. And I think that's like a very military thing to always feel like there's someone on the team that has your back no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah, and from speaking from my perspective, there's somebody that's still in. Uh, I took a few bottles, like I said, down to Fort Benning with me, and every single guy I hung out with that was in my class like saw the bottles, and they were like, "Man, that yeah. thing is super cool." Uh, I won't use all the the adjectives <laughs> that you. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we have the e on our podcast, but. Yeah, it was, uh, everybody thought that the, the bottle design was really, really cool. So, um, yeah, it's, it definitely resonates with, with veterans. Uh, as soon as they see it, there's a immediate like, oh, I get it. So that's really cool. Um, one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is uh, your guys' farm. Uh, I've seen it driving back from Atterbury. You can see the big, uh, big barn on 65. What, tell us about the farm. Yeah, so the farm, um, it, it just kind of, again, Travis is a disruptor, and he loves to do things that people tell him not to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was just this beautiful tract of land that he found um, for sale one day, uh, and he thought, well, uh, you've, if, if you've been down to Bardstown and, you know, Kentucky and you see these sprawling beautiful plots of land where distilleries have kind of an experience where it's not just going into a tasting room but it's seeing the the rick house and the and the barrel storage and getting a real tour of the land uh he saw this farm that is downtown Indianapolis i mean it's it's within a stone's throw of Lucas Oil Stadium and and Bankers Life Fieldhouse it's just right in the heart of downtown um and he thought well you see those distillery experiences and they're always miles from everything and they're a slog to get there. And he thought, what about a distillery experience in downtown Indianapolis? And that's how the farm was born. Um, and not to mention that it was kind of the perfect opportunity for a, um, you know, a big old sign that you can see as you're driving up 65 that uh, kind of points to, uh, you know, points to that location as Hotel Tango. Um, so yeah, it's five acres, it's downtown. Uh, it, we're in the process right now of getting it approved to be barrel storage and eventually, hopefully in about a year and a half, we'll actually have a new distillery built there um, that is you know, uh, a, a capacity that we can keep up with, uh, uh, enough room for us to grow into you know, 10 to 15 years from now. Do you grow your own materials there? What do you guys, what do you use? Yeah, so we, two years ago, we wanted to determine just the viability of the, of the soil. Um, and so we planted some things that uh, we thought, we partnered with India Urban Acres, which is a nonprofit that grows um, produce and distributes to food pantries uh, in, in the community. And so we said, well, you know, you come out here and you grow whatever you want and you tell us if the soil is any good. That kind of we didn't have to do a lot of work uh, and we still got to find out that the soil is fantastic. And so for the last two years, we've partnered with Urban Acres, uh, donated thousands of pounds uh, of produce that they grow um, back into the community. And then we also, they give us a little plot of land for us to grow things like basil and tomatoes for our Bloody Mary mix. So a lot of the things on our summer menu and fall menu 
um, the garnishes and, and uh, things that go into our infusions are actually grown on our farm, um, which we are really proud of. That's absolutely fantastic. You know, one of the things that we always like to do is kind of do a call to action towards the end of our podcast. Being a, a, a fan of your uh, bourbon, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to always be stocking it and that's going to help your company. Um, but, uh, you know, between um, Hotel Tango, you know, just from the tasting rooms, Hotel Tango, uh, obviously the brand and uh, the liquor and, and distilling that you're doing, um, and then your COVID response and the amazing that work you're doing there. Um, how can we help, you know, support your organization uh, to make sure that obviously everybody stays employed, that Hotel Tango keeps growing? You know, what, what can our listeners do to, to help you guys out? Sure. Well, the one thing we want everyone to do is stay safe, um, you know, stay social distance, uh, do the hard thing and stay inside. Um, be part of the solution it, it, it is primary. Yep. Um, and then we're actually uh, kind of focusing on a, on three tiers for, for our charitable work around this COVID thing is locally we're donating. We've actually donated bottles and product and we're focusing that on first line workers like healthcare workers, firemen, police officers, things like that. Um, so those are just going to be, those are just direct donations that we're doing as a company. Um, nationally, we are sending uh, bulk quantities of hand sanitizer to our distribution partners in the states where we're, um, where we're distributed. Uh, and we are asking those distribution partners to make sure it gets into good hands. So hopefully that's ending up in hospitals and um, police and first line workers in those states as well. And then online, we are uh, donating for every ounce of our product purchased, we're donating an ounce of sanitizer to match that. So you can go online to shop.hoteltangowhiskey.com. Yeah, so you can buy a bottle of our product and, um, and, and it depends on your state. So if you're out of state or if you're um you need to be in a state where you can purchase alcohol online um but if you're able to do so uh every ounce that you buy of our spirits uh will donate a bottle uh, or an ounce of sanitizer that's fantastic uh thank you for doing that that's absolutely incredible uh that you guys are doing that and we'll we'll put those links in the show notes for everybody to be able to do that as well but um that's that's awesome so uh, before we we wrap up, um, you talked about doing the right thing and staying home. So do you have any uh, suggestions for any books or podcasts outside of veteran casts or TV shows or movies uh, that you guys have been helping that's been helping you guys get through like, uh, you know, social distancing and staying at home? What are, what are you guys doing to, to stay busy outside of work? I would say Travis would recommend Tiger King. We've shown a, he's shown a really big obsession. Currently, he's had a lot of inspiration from the show. I know that most people are probably, probably seeing that, but that's a, a big favorite of Travis's quarantine. I know that. That's fantastic. <laughs> My, mine would be to watch the replay of the Army-Navy game. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You know, I watched that with I watched that with a bunch of West Point grads, and it was 
just depressing. I, I know, because every time I texted you, you didn't respond at all. <laughs> uh, and, and for everybody, uh, you know, that's our ongoing joke, because, you know, for the first, what, year, Blaine and Matt just had their way with me as Army just to No, it was three in a row. Uh, oh, three. three. Yeah, see, I knew I'd be correct in there. <laughs> yeah. It was a blowout. Maybe really talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ginger. I went through that course with a guy that was a wide receiver on on West Point's team, and he the three years he played, he never lost to Navy. So he was he really wore that like a badge of honor. So can't win. It's a little rough. Yeah. Well, Doug, you would ask. and we never got back to answering your question about our lineup. So I just did want to take a second. One, one second. Yeah. We're getting an echo there. Yeah, so we uh, currently have three, uh, three brown spirits in our lineup. We have a six-year bourbon, uh, which is our reserve bourbon. We have a two-year uh, bourbon. We have a straight rye whiskey. We have uh, our clear spirits. We have uh, vodka gin and rum and i'll just shout out to our head distiller bobby yates he just won bronze medals for our gin and our rum at the adi conference we also won a uh, a gold for packaging and marketing and a silver for our two-year bourbon so very we we swept the awards at the adi this year which we're very very proud of um so kudos to our distiller um and then we have uh, a fruit liqueur lineup which consists of an orange cello, a lemon cello, and a cherry liqueur. Uh, so we have nine products total. We also have a, a, a line called the Classified Series, which is only available in our tasting rooms. Um, and that's got a really interesting look to it as well. It looks like a um, confidential redacted document. So we, we love that bottle, but it's only available in our tasting rooms. Um, and right now it's a Sambuca. It is a, uh, it's a bottle that changes. Uh, it, it's sort of our testing ground, if you will, to do experimental stuff that we, w- we might not want to release widely, but it kind of helps us figure out if it's something viable yeah. and we should make more of it. Um, so that's really cool. We've got a Sambuca right now, and then later this year, we're going to have a pawpaw rum. Um, what else? We've got a blood orange rum coming, uh, a beer barrel whiskey that we uh, coordinated with Chili Water Brewing. Uh, to do a beer barrel whiskey. So those are all going to be in the classified series. So you can come down to our Fort Wayne location or our Indy location and get a bottle of that classified. And if nothing else, it is a badass bottle. (laughs) That is fantastic. Um, Yeah, my favorite is the six year and my wife's favorite is the gin. And her name is Love the gin. And it's spring. So it's time for gin. That was actually the the last date we had before I left for Georgia. We came in, it was on, uh, I think a Tuesday night, there was trivia going on downtown. Mm-hmm. And we uh, had a few gin and tonics uh, before going to dinner. <laughs> well, awesome. speaking of things to do while you're at home, the guy that runs our trivia, Hambone Trivia, you can look him up on his Twitter or Instagram. He's still doing all of the trivias live. So if trivia is something you and your friend groups like to do, you can look up ham bones and do them live in the evenings with him. And also um, on our social media, we've tried to like take into consideration all these people that are sitting at home that traditionally aren't making their own cocktails. And we've done simple syrup recipes. We've done cocktail recipes on Friday. We're doing 
at Tango University classes, so we usually offer them as private classes. But we're going to going ahead and do Tango University classes live on our Instagram and Facebook. That we feature three cocktails each week, um, and each cocktail that we feature, every ingredient that goes into it, we've already shown us like how to make it or the simple syrup recipe is on our website. So all these things that you can be doing at home, people would, most people wouldn't know how easy it is to make a simple syrup and how much that affects your cocktail. And um, our cocktail um, bartender expert, he's really great at explaining like what ma the makeup of a basic cocktail really is and what makes them good and like what mixtures are good to put together. So. Fantastic. Well, we will put links to your social media presence as well. And uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. This has been an incredible conversation and uh, we'll, we'll keep helping Hotel Tango and you keep helping the vets. I, I absolutely love it. Thank, thank you. you. After this, you guys should pop by. Well, after this COVID is all over and have a drink with us. We absolutely will. That's for sure. 100%. Thanks. Thanks very much. And for everybody listening, uh, please support Veteran Cast. Please uh, share the episodes and, uh, and review us online. We'd love to hear your feedback. And if you have an amazing story about a veteran-owned business or a company that's supporting veterans or a program supporting veterans, uh, we'd love to hear from you online uh, to, get those, to get the word out on that. Thanks very much uh, on behalf of uh, Blaine and, and uh, Matt, who couldn't make it, uh, but, but uh, we, we really appreciate your guys' patronage and uh, we'll keep spreading the word. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Please visit VeteranCast.com for additional information. Subscribe to our podcast, and we'd also appreciate a review. God bless you, and God bless America.